I've been thinking as I wrote to you um, on this uh, difference that you make, um, especially in your first book, not so much into the second one, but is it the relationship between constitutive and constituted alienation? And because um, something that I agree with you and I find very appealing about your work is that you use alienation or you see a kind of positive, you know, way of uh, dealing with alienation. Um, but however, you you make these differentiations, you know, which the constitute alienation, which seems to do with mystification, with commodity fetishism, which it contains uh, what we might think are negative consequences. But on the other hand, um, you have this concept of constitutive alienation, which somehow um, seems much more psychoanalytical, and uh, and actually uh, at some points almost give it um, a revolutionary potential, or at least there it seems to have the seeds for something uh, that that a, a potentiality. So maybe if you could just talk about these two notions of alienation and how they work within each other as a starting point. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's, <clears throat> and it's also kind of uh, uh, addressing a certain intuition uh, that um, I feel like I have to return to over and over again and uh, rethink and, and refine it. Uh, but um, I mean, uh, on, on the level of phrasing, it already kind of uh, um, lays the cards open that it's uh, also an explicit reference to uh, Benjamin's uh, differentiation between constitutive and constituted violence. Um, and uh, like in Benjamin, well, depending on how, how one reads, uh, reads him, but uh, I think uh, I incline towards the reading in which... Uh, Constitutive and constituted violence are intertwined or kind of uh, pass into into each other. Um, one could also one could also link it to you know what Marx in the first volume of, of Capital, um, and that was also a bit uh, my my thought in the in the background uh, when I was thinking about it. Um, addresses under the term of uh, primitive accumulation, ursprüngliche uh, accumulation, which is also which has also been interpreted, for instance, by Silvia Federici as a as an ongoing process, as an well ongoing violent process, um, which is also an important feature. So uh, 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 constant renewal of the conditions of possibility of the capitalist organization of life and also the conditions of exploitation um, in the present. Uh, but at the same time, there is there is this kind of aspect of inner redoubling that uh, 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 that reproduces itself as a problem in this this issue of primitive accumulation and in Benjamin uh, in relation to to. Um, the productive force of violence. Um, so, when we, when we kind of, uh, if we kind of take the topic of alienation as something that uh, binds or connects 
uh, or traverses both Marxism or critique of political economy and psychoanalysis, then I think we kind of we kind of encounter the same dilemma of, of inner redoubling of uh, of alienation. So the first point was uh, to take alienation as a productive operation or a productive process, or even a, a, a description for a process in which subjectivity is produced, or at least a certain structure of, uh, of subjectivity, a decentralized subjectivity, or, you know, like the, the subject of the unconscious. Um, and that may be a bit, you know, like creating the impression as if I'm uh, um, here addressing some sort of transhistoric truth about, uh, about subjectivity, um, and here I would say yes and no. Um, yes, in the sense that uh, I think Marx's mature work and uh, Freudian and Lacanian psychoanalysis touch upon a kernel of human subjectivity which thoroughly rejects uh, all the positive visions or positive models or positive figures of, of, of subjectivity that have been produced uh, throughout the history of European philosophy. Um, uh, you know, like for instance, Marx rejects um, the self-loving subject of uh, uh, political economy by contrasting it to uh, uh, the figure of the industrial proletariat as a, a particular uh, materialization of the of of, of an alienated uh, subjectivity, which is uh, uh, of course linked to the historical conditions of capitalism. Uh, but at the same time, at the same time, Marx here addresses a negative aspect of alienation, but I think, uh, and you, you said it also, I'm trying to trace, maybe it's exaggerated to say a positive uh, aspect or a positive connotation of alienation, uh, but at least a connotation that does not necessarily uh, um, immediately, uh, first of all, uh, um, designate uh, or connote uh, exploitation, loss of some sort of uh, uh, wholeness of being or uh, disturbance of consciousness uh, through unconscious uh, uh, um, uh, thought pro procedures, um, but rather kind of also de designates the transformability of uh, of the subject of each and every uh, every subject, so the historical character and the potential for metamorphosis. That that uh, there is no, let's say, transhistorical precisely uh, figure of subjectivity. And uh, Marx and Freud, if we take their names as a sort of generic names. Uh, 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 I think address precisely this. Uh, on the one hand, the inexistence of uh, of a unified, transhistoric, 
ideal subjectivity, which would be, for instance, reducible to conscious uh, cognitive processes or to, uh, well, uh, as Adam Smith was, would put it, the self, human self-love and uh, uh, reflect, reflected uh, uh, egoism uh, of private interest. Um, so if such figures of subjectivity do not exist, then we must have, uh, um, we must have some sort of grounding to think, uh, uh, on the one hand, uh, decentralization, instability as a feature of, uh, uh, of, of the human subject, um, uh, also difference as a, as a feature of, uh, uh, that is constitutive for, for, for subjectivity, and that also uh, points in the direction of, you know, um, the dimension of, uh, of what Hegel and others would have called becoming. So, becoming as a process of transformation. And uh, um, so this would, be, this would be this kind of constitutive, constitutive level. There is no positivity, uh, uh, that there is no positivity that is being lost through process of alienation, but that alienation is something that, that, that basically demonstrates that there is no substantiality of the subject, that the subject is not defined by substantiality, but by, uh, but by change. Uh, and uh, why differentiate between between uh, constitutive and constituted alienation? Nevertheless, uh, I mean the, that was kind of a very simple uh, thought in the background. Uh, if we agree that uh, the human subject <clears throat> um, is not um, unalienated and that alienation is secondary uh, but rather that alienation is also names the process of production of subjectivity then um, for instance the actual actu actually existing alienation that is specific for capitalism for instance, through commodification, precarization, uh, um, violence, systemic violence, uh, and so on, is uh, actually—I mean—actually stands for the link between alienation and exploitation of alienation. That basically, that that is what defines capitalism. That it makes that it establishes the link between alienation or the structure of the subject and production of surplus value. Um, I mean, like I said, it's not, uh, it's not a big deal of a, um, uh, of, of, of a, of a thought, but uh, I think this is, uh, this is one aspect of, uh, um, you know, this, this connection between the two faces of alienation. Um, and uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put myself on the side of uh, those who glorify alienation. Alienation is a double bind uh, thing. Um, on the one hand, it 
kind of uh, exposes the processuality of uh, of the subject and on the other hand it's also uh, it's also the name for a certain vulnerability uh, that is built into the subject and that of course is an open call for exploitation if one wants i like how you put it as um, almost like a precondition for metamorphosis So it's an enabling condition that based on this, yeah, uh, how we need as a subject, uh, decentralization, stability, difference. Uh, Martin, were you going to ask something? No, 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 please, if you have something, if please, I may, please go ahead. Uh, you know, like alienation, uh, I think, Well, you know, Freud doesn't use the term alienation. In the first place, he uses the term un the unconscious. Uh, and uh, in mature Marx, this also is rather marginal, uh, uh, marginal notion. Uh, but what, what still does uh, uh, stand at the core of, of the concept is precisely the idea that... Uh, um, That it that it marks a certain desubstantialization of uh, of subjectivity. That uh, yeah, and uh, let's say um, incompleteness. Yeah, but incompleteness not in the sense that there is some essential aspect being lost on or lacking and can be refilled, and then the subject will become whole again and self-identical and so on. But. Uh, Um, that's a constitutive alienation. That's reminds me uh, this term uh, from Schelling, asistasi. I don't know if you have uh, heard about this, but refers precisely to this incompleteness. Uh, even quite interesting and um, similar terms because it's this lack of system or or system that it's alpha privative of systems so mm. it's always always allows for the the emergence of of a system from asistasi but i guess i mean you know it's commonly said and this is of course um, yeah uh, uh, a series of enfants terribles who are Um, anything but unproblematic, of course. Uh, mm, but at the same time, these names remain, you know, terrain, terrains of uh, uh, of an ongoing struggle, uh, uh, which would be, of course, uh, uh, the name that uh, uh, causes allergic reaction to almost everyone. Uh, Hegel, um, uh, uh, then maybe less allergic uh, reaction since we we cannot do without him. Uh, Marx and uh, um, then again a bit more problematic Freud, and uh, as a footnote to Freud, Lacan, um, and of course one could think of uh, of others. But uh, I would say these three names uh, really nailed the issue. Um, um, With problematic alienation, and uh, and of course it's uh, it's again uh, um, all 
examples of uh, intellectual endeavors that uh, uh, come with uh, with the baggage of problems, uh, and uh, these problems uh, uh, must be addressed and must be must be criticized, of course. But at the same time, at the same time, I would say the the, the rational kernel of their theory of the subject uh, uh, does allow to um, uh, to overcome precisely the most problematic features of uh, uh, of uh, uh, modernity which is uh, which can be you know associated with with, with a series of uh, um, presumably positive holistic whole uh, uh, um, potent figures of, of, of subjectivity, which are evidently repressive. Uh, exercise exp uh, exercise uh, uh, repression or legitimize, uh, uh, legitimize repression because they are defined by, uh, I mean, in relation to uh, some sort of uh, externalized negativity, um, which you know the, the the theory of alienation uh, um, overcomes and basically thinks difference as an internal feature uh, uh, of the subject uh, and uh, also to to repeat myself uh, thinks difference as what is basically the the driving force of uh, or the driving feature of uh, of change in one and the same subject yeah, for me, um, I guess what I'm trying to understand is uh, the concept of the subject that you're using, um, which, um, because it's interesting that Marca Marx in the, you know, in Capital, and I think Max Stirner had to do in him uh, dropping out, you know, the Gattung's Vessens, generic being, species being, that kind of argument, because... I think he helped, he helped him to develop the critique to Forbach that he, he did. But as a way to, you know, kind of, you know, show something totally uh, different to uh, Stirner's project, i.e. the possibility of the ego, you know, to live out its own determinations, uh, then Marx develops a concept Oh well, you know, you know, through an analysis of capital and the way that it functions, the subject becomes, you know, to the point that he 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 makes capital to be the subject, you know, to the automatic subject, you know, um, and you know this has this constant inversion of the subject-object relationship, because at the one point you say that the subject for Marx is labor power, but however this. Is in a constant double inversion. It's like an inversion that is constantly happening. This, you know, effect of reification. And I wonder, you know, does this constant moment of subject-object inversion uh, differentiates or makes your concept of the subject uh, different to a, a more psychoanalytical concept of the subject? Is the, or or you see them working together, you know? How, what you know? What was your concept of the subject, and is it um, uh, is it a psychoanalytical one, or actually there is something going on happening, you know, that 
thinking through Marx, it actually does something? Well, you know, uh, I mean, I think, I think I'm, uh, I'm trying to, um, well, first, first and foremost, bring together uh, uh, critique of political economy and psychoanalysis because, uh, because I think yeah. there is. Uh, more than one intersection there, you know, that Lacan uh, mm-hmm. yeah. said that uh, there is a homology between Marx's uh, uh, analysis of uh, um, surplus value and uh, Freud's analysis of uh, production of pleasure, um, and that they both assume this, you know, kind of status of uh, surplus object. Um, and by by making by making this remark, I think he opened up uh, opened up a space, you know, like kind of a, a space in which one can maneuver with uh, uh, with you know with the thought uh, how does psychoanalysis actually relate to to history and to to its own historical emergence? Uh, because if we look at the more classical structuralist Lacan, um, he does create the impression of some of talking about some sort of transhistoric uh, uh, human condition, uh, uh, and there one could also say, no, uh, ah, okay, constitutive alienation as a, some sort of uh, transhistoric uh, uh, invariable. Uh, with all the negative connotations that what, that one can uh, uh, link to it, um, and um, with with Marx, I think uh, there might have been a certain surprise also for, for for Lacan himself. I mean, I'm not interested in what are the historical reasons for for him to to relate to Marx. Was it Althusser? Was it uh, uh, the 68 movement was uh, was he wanting to you know like kind of sell himself to to the radical left uh, uh, um, among the students uh, and so on and so forth I mean of course there must have been some sort of opportunism uh, involved I mean he was an opportunist uh, it's, uh, it's clear but um, at the same time I think this this flirt with Marx, uh, may have produced a surprise, you know, may, may have kind of uh, shown that there's more to it than uh, uh, it might have been, inte- it may have been intended. Um, and I think, uh, well, the intersection, as soon as it's on the terrain of the surplus object or of, you know, this kind of historical metamorphosis of, uh, of uh, enjoyment uh, in this problematic chase for what Lacan calls surplus enjoyment. So the link between satisfaction and dissatisfaction that is so characteristic for capitalism and that Marx already himself addresses when he talks about uh, the drive of capital. You know, I would, I would also add here, what is more interesting, Marx only describes, if I'm not mistaken, um, <clears throat> capital as an automatic subject in, in the first volume of Capital once. At least there's one, this, one famous passage that uh, 
everyone quotes when, when this uh, formula, automatic subject, is, uh, is at stake. Way more often, he described capital as the drive. Uh, the drive of enrichment, the drive of self-valorization, uh, even the drive uh, for the extension of the length of the working day. You know, like there is this drive-like structure, uh, to put it with Freud, the constant force that does not cease to demand satisfaction and that is in a constant state of dissatisfaction at the same time. Even though it's constantly getting delivered, the, the object of the demand, you know, surplus value for Marx or surplus enjoyment or pleasure, you know, lust for, for Freud. So um, here I would say, you know, I think uh, uh, Marx says something about the subject that very much resonates with, with, with psychoanalysis but not in the sense that capital is a, is a subject, that's an objective appearance. That's, that's the objective appearance for which Marx proposes the name fetishism, as, as, as you know. Um, the marker of the subject is, is exhaustion, for instance, or, or uh, um, you know, what, what in German is very fittingly called Verausgabung, you know, so expenditure in the economic sense and exhaustion in the physiological or psychological sense. Um, and uh, if we, if, if we uh, just have a look at uh, the, the way Marx talks about uh, the industrial worker in the first volume of Capital, we can see that this is for him the privileged historical personification uh, of uh, uh, um, political subjectivity. Weak political subjectivity, of course. Uh, alienated political subjectivity. Um, uh, and... Uh, well, I mean, one, one can here say of course, uh, or repeat the, the critiques that have, uh, that have been articulated in feminist and uh, uh, anti-colonial uh, contexts, and one should repeat them, that uh, uh, um, Marxism then sort of reproduced this, uh, uh, this identification of political subjectivity with a, with a white male uh, industrial worker um, and that there is a necessity to expand this uh, the idea of political subjectivity that is demonstrated historically uh, on the case of, of the industrial worker but is not reducible to the, to the industrial worker. It can be uh, very well extended to, uh, uh, to the feminist perspective on, on, uh, on the critique of uh, uh, capitalism or even the feminist contribution to the critique of political economy and the anti-colonial contribution to the critique of political economy and so on. Um, so um, I think well, with, with psychoanalysis uh, we get the perhaps additional tools to, uh, to sharpen you know, the, uh, um, the truly valuable contribution of Marx to, uh, to the theory, 
theorization of political subjectivity um, to now try to close this uh, this uh, uh, circle um, because because there is a, a clear uh, um, kind of rejection of psychologi psychologization uh, uh, of, of, of the human subject in, in psychoanalysis. The unconscious is impersonal and at the same time also corporeal. I mean, it stands for, for the effectuation of, uh, of uh, uh, a certain type of functioning of the symbolic order in the body. Um, and this symbolic order, to repeat again, in the earlier Lacan might have created the impression that it's understood in some sort of abstract, ahistorical manner, but uh, uh, um, uh, latest with, with his flirt with Marx, the dimension of history comes, uh, comes into, uh, into the picture much more uh, uh, decisively than, than before, even though, I mean, psychoanalysis is about uh, uh, individual histories, while well, individual histories which intertwine or, you know, take place in the broader social framework. They are not private histories. They are always histories of uh, certain social suffering. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, the conclusion that, that Lacan draws from it is that uh, uh, the subject is barred. Well, you know, it's a famous sign for the for for the uh, for for the Bart subject, but this basically this basically uh, I mean can be read in different manners. One manner to read it is is precisely that the subject do, does not coincide with itself, and this is what it is produced uh, uh, um, when one operates within a symbolic order that is grounded on a certain uh, type of difference. And the economic order, well, I mean, that's, that's already what Marx uh, uh, um, clearly demonstrated is grounded on the difference that is exchange value. Um, and uh, this order can only produce uh, a non-identical subject, uh, which can, of course, be mystified in the figure of, uh, you know, the automatic subject value that grows uh, 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 out of itself and for itself, and self-differentiates in the term in, in terms of growth. Uh, but it's not the only. It's not the only uh, uh, example of uh, production of the emergence of a uh, of an inconsistent subject out of uh, out of exchange value that. Uh, um, that is at stake in Marx, and you know that's why I, uh, I kind of focused on uh, similarities between, or you know, homology uh, between the function of labor power in Marx and uh, the function of the Bart subject uh, uh, in uh, in Lacan, because they are you know the kind of negative version of this. Uh, uh, self, uh, the self-fulfilling prophecy that is uh, that is the automatic subject. I think a lot of a lot of the social struggles that are 
in our mind when we think about social conflict or social oppression took place in, uh, in a time frame that, and in a context that no longer exists for different reasons. Uh, obviously, we have been through different sorts of pandemics during history. But now, uh, suddenly, we have access to this sort of aid, let's say, distributed technological uh, platforms like this, like uh, the platforms being used for education, social networks, etc. So social interaction has been re replaced by certain platforms that we already had, but now is super present, no? So I am curious about how we can keep how we can preserve certain positive aspects of this um, yeah, social culture that we generally construct in very basic like social gatherings from music venues to family dinners to being cohesive in your neighborhood etc. Now that yeah, technologies are mediating our affects, our ways to receive education, etc., etc. Um, I mean, you know, I guess, uh, of course, there are uh, there are some uh, evident complications taking place with. Uh, uh, um, I mean, under under this uh, restriction of uh, sociality that is that is taking place uh, under pandemics, and there are very bodily effects uh, that uh, that are being generated for everyone uh, on a on a daily basis. Uh, for some more, for some less, of course. But uh, uh, one cannot deny that there is a. a there is not only a pandemic of, of COVID, but also uh, a pandemic of uh, all sorts of uh, uh, mental sufferings uh, that are that are uh, associated with this uh, restriction, and uh, kind of pinpoints uh, uh, and also <clears throat> a fundamental issue that is at stake uh, um, in. Uh, Critique of political economy, psychoanalysis, and other critical uh, 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 thoughts. Um, how the most problematic structure affects our uh, minds and bodies, uh, and uh, of course uh, causes uh, very obvious uh, uh, negative uh, damage. Uh, uh, but um, at the same time, I think the social was never was never really guaranteed. That's one one banal le lesson that we can draw from uh, from this. Uh, and uh, the social has always been something that uh, 
that we as uh, relational subjectivities, as social beings, have to work on. Uh, I'm one of the, well, uh, I guess, uh, uh, um, a priori skeptics when it comes to when it comes to, to capitalism, I think there is no capitalist sociality. I think capitalism is fundamentally an anti-social uh, social system, uh, uh, pushing us to uh, anti-sociality. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I would I would say that all social dimensions that have uh, uh, that have that we have taken for granted or, or that we are now missing uh, have been established or have been sustained in spite of the existence of capitalism and it's uh, uh, um, uh, as, as Wendy Brown put it in her in her last book uh, program of dismantling the social. I think this is uh, this is uh, uh, really, you know, like a, a very simple but but actually also a very fundamental point that we need to uh, recall over and over again uh, that uh, we are basically living in an anti-social mode of production uh, and uh, and that uh, uh, what has been going on throughout the history of capitalism were uh, were attempts to uh, disable uh, the conditions of possibility for working on the social, working on a, a, a common so, uh, a political space uh, in which we can unfold uh, sociality. Uh, and capitalism has imposed uh, uh, the negative of sociality onto us. Uh, like anti-social sociality. Uh, uh, it's, uh, um, you know, like Kant, for instance, occasionally spoke of, uh, of the, the uh, um, what is it called? Um, a people comp uh, consisting of, of devils. Uh, you know, this is kind of a mythical, mythical, uh, or kind of half mystical representation of, of the sociality that uh, uh, that capitalism uh, uh, sustains or enables or conditions uh, like uh, um, yeah fundamental sociality that is grounded on uh, on the affect of resentment uh, uh, addressed towards uh, the other. Uh, a very fundamental effect that logically uh, uh, follows from uh, from uh, the logic of competition that is uh, that is a uh, in imposed to everyone and uh, applied to everything, um, and uh, while well, a consequent uh, application of this logic uh, then pushes uh, to well a system in which uh, the main affective bond. Uh, which is also a social bond uh, between uh, subjectivities is, uh, is hate, aggressivity or, or resentment. Um, so, yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, I guess also uh, 
there is something paradoxical in this uh, in this situation because uh, because being reduced to this two dimensionality, uh, like for instance over Zoom, uh, is also uh, a very painful uh, sometimes reminder uh, that uh, uh, one has to. Uh, uh, keep insisting on, you know, this ongoing work on, on sociality. Uh, and it might be more difficult under these conditions, but uh, it's not impossible. I mean, it's, it's taking place. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if um, this uh, politics of resentment that you have developed lately and I saw the lecture. I wonder if an element of where this resentment comes uh, from what I, I call social dissonance, which is um, the way in which capitalism, you know, liberalism, uh, you, through liberalism, you have this formal idea of the subject that can act through rights, you know, like the individual, individual has certain, you know, uh, certain notions of freedom, however, uh, you know, restricted they are, you know, the freedom to sell their labor power, but, you know, they have, you know, certain legal rights. But um, this liberal idea is constantly being undermined by a structural kind of forms of determination that, you know, this, this strive towards being a subject, you know, that, you know, and I think you put it right in the, in, in the capitalist unconscious that, you know, like there is this, uh, capitalism promotes this idea that you have to be or pretend to be unalienated, yeah. you know, that this alienation is something at the individual level. And, you know, this kind of constant conflict between having to pretend to be to have certain amount of agency as an individual and then at the structural level that constantly being negated uh, for me it generates this you know what i call social dissonance which is a kind of a structural mm. form of cognitive dissonance of this you know contradicting set of beliefs um yeah would you say that this is one of the elements that produces this logic of resentment well i mean Fundamentally, fundamentally, I guess uh, uh, one can one can start with with the uh, foundations of neoliberal, uh, I mean, neoliberalism. Sorry, with the foundations of liberalism itself. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's it's an extremely incoherent uh, project. And uh, if we look at liberalism in the present, uh, I think one can say that. Uh, uh, Liberalism remains blind for its own involvement in the, genera uh, uh, the processes that generate resentment. Um, uh, and that historically it has been a theory of emotions or a theory of affects, if you want. Uh, you know, Adam Smith, the founding father or one of the founding fathers of, uh, of liberalism, um, uh, wrote a, a book entitled Theory of Moral Sentiments, which is a sort of, you know, uh, um, an affect theory uh, that uh, precedes uh, uh, his uh, economic, uh, uh, his contribution to economics, uh, the wealth of nations. So it's, it's uh, 
uh, it's both. It's a sort of uh, ethics of emotions or politics of affects, if you if you prefer, and an uh, an economic theory. This doesn't uh, mean that uh, uh, Smith got it right. Of course, he didn't. Uh, uh, um, but uh, one can see that there is a certain struggle uh, in liberalism with affectivity. And uh, uh, if we take another example from the history of uh, uh, liberalism, uh, John Rawls. Uh, Rawls uh, demonstrates exactly the opposite, you know, the assumption of, uh, <clears throat> of an abstract universal subject uh, that is able to uh, establish distance from its affective states and reason. Uh, uh, so an unaffected uh, kernel of, uh, uh, or even unaffectable kernel of the subject uh, that, uh, you know, one can associate with different uh, um, models of uh, liberal subjectivity. Not with Homo economicus. Homo economicus is a, uh, is a very overtly affected subject. It's a, as Smith already says, it's a subject of self-love. It's an egotistic, narcissistic uh, uh, type of subject which is already deep in, uh, in the affect. Uh, but uh, the legal subject is definitely, uh, is definitely one uh, that is entirely disaffected. Uh, or the subject of uh, ideal communicational uh, model that uh, we find presupposed in uh, uh, all the theories of, uh, of consensus, which are fundamentally uh, liberal uh, in their political agenda. Um, again, uh, uh, you know, a, a subject that has nothing to do with, uh, with affectivity. Um, and... Uh, Resentment, I would say, is really like like the return of the repressed uh, uh, of uh, of and for uh, liberal thought. It is uh, it is corrupting this uh, uh, harmonious uh, image that uh, that liberalism, whether political or uh, economic, uh, uh, in one way or another. Um, presupposes in the symbolic order that is, uh, 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 that is uh, at stake in, in, in the capitalist organization of, uh, uh, of social networks uh, and social relations. Um, but, well, I guess I would say also the difference between, between Smith and, uh, and uh, Rawls, let's say, or Rawls and Habermas on the other end, uh, you know, um, uh, of history uh, is that it, Smith is still some some I mean he's still engaged in some sort of metaphysics um, that, that he still uh, tries tries to produce a sort of metaphysics of uh, of political economy and that is the you know the uh, we're all tired of hearing about it but uh, you know the the idea of the invisible hand uh, of the market and even more often uh, used uh, market providence uh, is a metaphysical category which uh, uh, which is supposed to uh, sort of uh, uh, establish uh, 
or direct uh, human agents to social behavior. You know, like it's, it's also interesting that Smith uses the metaphor of invisible hand uh, uh, in a context in which the question is how do the rich motivate themselves or can get motivated to uh, just to justice, to uh, just distribution of wealth. Uh, and basically, basically says it's the invisible hand of the market that uh, guides them, so to speak, unconsciously uh, to, to social behavior. Um, this metaphysics has been abolished. Uh, uh, and all that, uh, I mean, in the history uh, of, uh, uh, of liberalism and in neoliberalism, it basically, what, what, what was left uh, was pure superstition. Pure superstition uh, in the regulating power of the market, which is not the same thing as the invisible hand, although one often hears that it's, uh, that it's uh, just a repetition of, uh, of Smith's uh, metaphysics. It's not. It's, uh, it's superstition, um, uh, it, it's, a, it's an ungrounded, ungrounded belief that uh, uh, the market will deal, uh, uh, that the market will, uh, uh, will sustain social uh, 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 distribution of, of wealth or even, you know, like function in a, in a balanced and self-regulating manner. There is absolutely nothing social in uh, 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 in, in the capitalist market, as, as we know. I mean. uh, this is interesting, and I think has relation your quite robust critique of the possibility of left accelerationism. Because uh, I, I read something, I don't know where exactly, that you were almost mocking this, this position. And it's interesting because you mentioned in your work a, a lot homeostatic processes. And I assume that some proponents of left accelerationism, they have certain hopes in positive feedback loops and that maybe we can find ways to emancipate ourselves in processes that I really like how you put it that yeah so uh, sociality was never granted in yeah stuff like I don't know Facebook whatsoever um, when you say le left accelerationism I get uh, I get sort of the same allergic reaction as uh, when I hear the uh, um, the the formula left populism uh, you know, it's uh, sort of in, in my brain, it's categorized under the same don't do it. Uh, 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 um. it's, it's very funny because, uh, in fact, uh, we just had um, Alex Williams in this podcast. And now he was all about Gramsci, you know, and kind of, you know, so he went from left accelerationism to popular. So it's very kind of you, we can see an example that they can be very close together. Or yeah. there, there is a connection. <laughs> yes, and uh, what what binds both positions is that uh, uh, you know that there is uh, this sort of uh, conviction that if we uh, 
lay back and uh, you know just uh, uh, let the system uh, run itself uh, uh, off uh, you know uh, we will we will end up uh, we will end up in some type of less uh, exploitative sociality which uh, i mean i'm i'm oversimplifying and like uh, uh, like you said miguel i'm mocking I'm, I'm doing a very cheap caricature of both, but you know, for instance, if I go to, uh, if I look at uh, 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 the issue that is at stake in populism, populism, uh, if you ask me, is fundamentally uh, something that is written for uh, for for the for the right, for the right wing. It's it's been made for uh, for this, and I would say that it's fundamentally a right wing project, which is nowadays uh, used very effectively to confuse the left, uh, to disorient uh, the left. It's an it's an affect politics that proliferates uh, um, under the conditions in which uh, resentment has a lot of uh, uh, has fertile ground where there are a lot of uh, you know causes for for resentment um, and resentment is an effect that uh, that uh, first of all it of course uh, uh, presupposes that the subject of resentment is placed in the position of impotency incapacity to act also disorientation and so on. It doesn't have to be socially weak or in a you know uh, in an uh, in a deprivileged uh, uh, position. That's that's the interesting point about resentment that Max, Max Schiller is uh, is making in in his critique of Nietzsche so that, that it's not about some hypothetic slave morality of the weak. There is a certain weakness that, that is involved, but the weakness uh, uh, the, weak, the weakness is not uh, uh, meant in the sense as Nietzsche uh, 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 understood it or, or placed it. It's something that is traversal uh, to, to all social uh, social classes. Um, you know, like. Uh, nowadays, uh, we can see that uh, that basically. Uh, right-wing populism uh, uh, draws votes from uh, 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 from the middle class, or from you know, like of course, from everyone who uh, feared to lose uh, to lose their uh, social grounding or their present social status, or who, though, of course, also those who have lost everything. You know, but uh, also that's why you can have politicians. Like Trump, Bolsonaro, or you know, like the the development of uh, of the Tory Party in in very explicit direction of uh, uh, right wing populism, and we can think of uh, enough other examples um, where there is basically an alliance, you know, between uh, between resentment of the rich and resentment of the poor, uh, uh, or where 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 you have uh, um, you know this fe imagined feeling of weakness in the sense of being threatened, you know, of uh, uh, of a certain social mobilization and organization 
that will uh, potentially subvert uh, uh, yeah, the existing uh, constellation of powers uh, in favor of the uh, uh, less privileged. Um, so you have the emergence of, uh, of, uh, of resentment uh, uh, at the core of the capitalist class as well as at the core of uh, 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 yeah, the proletariat. So it's not, it's not uh, uh, an affect that is bound to one specific, uh, 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 first of all, deprivileged uh, uh, social group or social class. That's, for instance, what Nietzsche got wrong, you know, in his uh, naive aristoc aristocratism. Uh, um, but, uh, um, uh, well, to, well, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, you give me some time to, to, to uh, find the thread that, that I was tracing and say something yourself. <laughs> I, I was thinking about the interesting uh, oh wait, wait! Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 please, please, please. No, I was thinking about how how it is possible that they are so effective, uh, right? Populism at uh, capitalizing uncertainty, mm. because you see, for example, with the pandemic and conspiracy theory or this externalization of danger no? mm. with immigrants, etc. So it's amazing how they are able to capitalize uncertainty in their favor and gain so much traction that uh, you feel powerless from the, from the position of rationality, etc. Yes, uh, and you know that—that's—that's that's where I was basically heading. Uh, you know, the, the, the populism as a as a uh, strategy to disorient the the left. You know, because because the left sees that pop, right wing populism, or let's just say simply populism, um, is a very effective effective mobilization. Uh, uh, they somehow uh, feel like uh, they have to invent their, uh, the leftist version of it. But the affective terrain is defined by the, by the right. One could see, for instance, in Germany, how uh, politicians from the left who were trying to uh, uh, sort of uh, go in this uh, populist flirt start reproducing, uh, you know, um, this resentment against refugees uh, or you know the the, the populist the left populist experiment in uh, uh, in france uh, equally failed because uh, i mean the left requires of course different political affects First of all, social political affects and not anti-social political affects like resentment. Uh, and uh, populism is basically uh, only a negative posture that is completely system conform. So basically, uh, it can be effectively practiced only by, uh, uh, by the right-wing uh, uh, political pole um, because, yeah, there, there you have basically uh, uh, 
uh, a position that doesn't want to be other than, than in conformity with, uh, uh, with the capitalist uh, system and its anti-sociality. Um, whereas uh, the left uh, has, I mean, there is an incompatibility between uh, the left's political ideas and resentment that they inevitably uh, run against as a, uh, as a political affect as soon as they start, uh, uh, you know, like adopting populist strategies. I think, but I think this has to do with the impossibility of a communist horizon or international, you know, communist horizon. I mean, for me, uh, the role of the nation state seems to be kind of uh, crucial because it's both in the left and in the right. Uh, there seems to be like, okay, there is this uh, global power of capitalism and then um, people are just trying, oh, how can we contain it? You know, there is no other possibility to contain it that, you know, at the, you know, that contain it at the national level, which is obviously both problematic and also a lie. But uh, it doesn't seem that there is a kind of uh, left horizon beyond the nation state that is credible or that is, you know, or there is no kind of political subjectivity that can go beyond established organizations within the nation state, as far as I see, you know, I'm only, you know, I'm kind of thinking of Syriza, Podemos, you know, all these examples that it seems to be uh, extremely limiting and them having to do compromises. And not only that, but, you know, in the case of Syriza, also generating disenchantment, which in turn, as you said, it also brings forms of resentment. So, you know, the question is like, do you see uh, a kind of a political horizon for the left that goes beyond the role of the state, about the, you know, beyond the nation state? Um, well, I mean, you know, you know, you hear you hear over and over again that uh, uh, new liberalism is basically, uh, you know, uh, proposing its own uh, vision of the withering away of the state, or what Marx and Engels, you know, described as as the process of withering away of the state. Um, and uh, I have to think again, you know, of, of this. Uh, um, very, very simple, but also thought-provoking uh, uh, formula of, uh, of Wendy Brown, uh, uh, that, that where she's basically making a, a turn in uh, Foucault's seminar title, "The Society Must Be Defended," and you know, making uh, uh, this shift to society must be dismantled, and the present epoch, you know, is. Or according to her reading, uh, the epoch of, uh, of a radical dismantling of the social. Uh, and I must, I must say, I, I completely agree with, uh, uh, with this, uh, um, that we are dealing with, uh, with the, let's say, the final epo uh, epoch or the final stage in the history of capitalism uh, that is, you know, like capitalism in catastrophic times, that is basically trying to propose its own self-naturalization as, a, you know, uh, the, the environmental catastrophe. 
uh, sort of negative, uh, you know, uh, version of uh, the self-naturalization of capitalism that Marx talks about in uh, in the poverty of history and uh, German ideology, you know, where he says that bourgeois institutions see themselves as natural and uh, feudal institutions appear as uh, uh, as artificial. Uh, and today we have this kind of perverse twist that uh, basically capitalism can only end in the guise of, uh, of, of the climate breakdown and we will remain hostages of this, uh, of this system until uh, the life conditions of, on, on Earth collapse. I know I'm going a bit away from this, uh, uh, from, the, uh, from the, um, the direction that you were suggesting, uh, uh, Martin, the question of the state. I think the, the state is in this condition, uh, not necessarily, not necessarily, you know, something that <clears throat> that would need to be overcome, but maybe uh, uh, taken as a provisory tool, also for the left. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think. Uh, mm, I think there might have been in the history of the left also. Uh, uh, too much anti-statism, for good reasons, of course. But uh, but but maybe under current uh, current circumstances, uh, uh, if we are really dealing with uh, with a neoliberal version of the withering away of the state, uh, and we do not have a, we do not have a, a, a common uh, universal uh, political space to counter. Uh, uh, to counter uh, this withering away, um, and uh, yeah, uh, then then I think one uh, uh, one should maybe deal with the with the notion of the state in a more pragmatic manner, and of course, re-establish something that has been also completely dismantled uh, 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 in the decades of uh, of neoliberalism, uh, the internationalist perspective of. Uh, 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 of the left, I mean, uh, one can one can often uh, one could often hear, you know, this kind of uh, sadistically enjoying criticism of uh, of Syriza uh, during the um, you know during during the the debt the Greek debt crisis, but uh, I mean they have been placed in in the impossible position. Uh, and one could also see what uh, what the withering uh, away of the state means in this uh, uh, in this case when you have uh, basically uh, um, an inofficial uh, uh, parastatist uh, financial uh, uh, financial group uh, that is simply exercising the most uh, uh, sadistic measures uh, of. Uh, um, international financial uh, uh, institutions. Um, but, well, when when you are confronting this, uh, uh, what's uh, uh, what are the chances? Mm. So I would say, you know, I guess on on several levels, one has to kind of. Uh, uh, Produce a strategic montage that should not include uh, that should not exclude uh, uh, um, a certain 
uh, appropriation of, on the one hand, the, the well, what what remains of the state, and on the other hand, uh, um, work on reinforcing international re relationality uh, uh, of the left and overcome the fragmentation that has been produced in the past, uh, well, let's say, three and a half decades. Or even more, four. I'm thinking about yeah, how difficult it seems no, to counter this movement uh, of increasing fragmentation. It seems like really difficult now with everything that is going on, even the, uh, the closure now here in the UK with the tracks, mm. not being able to, to go back to continental Europe in these days, like every, this, this thing that you were mentioning no, about the naturalization of certain neoliberal conditions. Um, Yeah, for me it's scary because it's like an evil joke from Boris Johnson's uh, cabinet, but as well from the actual present time on Boris Johnson, how how it is played everything and how it's like now basically it's like Even Royal Mail, no? that functioned during the Second World War, they are saying we cannot guarantee that if someone sends you a physical letter from continental Europe, it's gonna be delivered. And I was thinking about, about this and it's like, how it is possible that I am having a conversation internationally without any kind of problems And maybe I do not have access to fresh, fresh like goods from continental Europe. It's like, and then think in terms of political organization. It's like how to, yeah, counter this this this. These forces that they seem to be. Well, this is something that plenty of evil characters like Nick Land argue that this is a kind of almost cosmological force, no? That is like we are moving in this direction of the destruction of difference, the. Yeah the dissipation of particles, the fragmentation of nation states, is like the fragmentation of our subjectivity. Mm. It's like makes the task of the left much more dystopian on the top of that. You know, I mean, the right is very well able to deal with affectivity. The left are not and the, you know what you see is a lot of um, 
of, you know, I think people, you know, turning into holistic practices or spiritual practices, you know, they try to make sense, you know, as you know, on the one hand, probably more and more just people just need it precisely because what you just mentioning the need for mental health issue, which is going on. But, you know, obviously this ideologically these practices are ideologically um, you know very problematic because they try to you know they generate a sense of belonging or you know or a holistic you know understanding of yourself with the world which precisely you know doesn't take into account the notion of alienation you know it doesn't uh, you know it kind of just puts you at the individual level Uh, it, it allows you to, to make sense of yourself, your body, in relationship to others. But that kind of, uh, because the pe people are so alienated, you know, and desperate, that uh, they need this sense of belonging, that either they're right, is they are perfectly able to, you know, get hold of, you know, of, 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 of that, Uh, of, of, of the desperation of that desperate people or even religion you know like kind of you know I was just kind of uh, reminded of the role of the Pentecostal you know churches is in Brazil you know for the race uh, you know for raising Northern Ireland to power and and the left is not able to generate this sense of belonging or you know to be able to deal with those levels of desperation or or even you know with You know, to how to turn that resentment. There is no ability to to generate a sense of belonging, which still contains uh, that kind of critical perspective. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have some thoughts around this, uh, because I, I think you are dealing with some of these issues. You know, but uh, but do you see, you know? Uh, some ways in which the left is able to deal in an interesting way with this politics of resentment that you are talking about? I have a major problem, you know, when, when the left, uh, uh, um, when, when people on the left criticize, uh, uh, criticize uh, each other and, you know, assume uh, uh, some sort of competitive logics, who is more, uh, who is more left and who is more right le uh, rightly left uh, and who is more wrongly left uh, uh, and uh, mutual denunciation and purism and so on. Uh, but there is one thing, there, there, there is one critique uh, um, of, of a certain leftist you know, way of functioning that I, that, that I, that I do uh, uh, you know, have going through my head over and over again. And uh, this is that uh, basically the fragmentation of the left is... Uh, 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 is an example of uh, um, the way the left is uh, being caught or uh, uh, gets caught uh, or walks even straight into the trap of resentment. Uh, there, yeah, that, uh, that, that there is uh, a more, you know, like predom that, that the predominant Activity is uh, is internal. If we take you know the left as some sort of plural monolith, 
uh, internally diverse uh, monolith uh, uh, or political position, um, uh, then I guess, you know, this introversion of difference uh, and the, this kind of web of mutual criticisms uh, uh, is precisely uh, a factor in generate, generating resentment, where, you know, the left becomes, uh, uh, in this process of internal self-differentiation and self-pluralization, embedded in the... Uh, uh, in, in the logic of competition and or internal competition and internal, you know, like mutual uh, uh, denouncement of who uh, uh, who did what wrong and uh, um, you know which which position is uh, more problematic or where where the left has failed, uh, you know, in an, uh, like for instance in this political experiment of Syriza, one, one could see uh, you know this. Uh, 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 exemplified as soon as uh, uh, as soon as uh, uh, it, you know the government the Greek government has been pushed in the dead corner uh, you know everyone was uh, 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 kind of repeating how uh, uh, this is the betrayal of, uh, of the leftist cause and uh, and so on and so forth uh, I mean, this is just one one example that that I can think of immediately. You know, where where one could see the the emergence of resent this logic of resentment uh, in the field of the uh, uh, of the left, and that there is a link between the fragmentation of resentment and uh, the generation uh, uh, the the fragmentation of the left and generation of resentment. Sorry, um, um, and. Uh, here again, you know, I mean, resentment is a systemic affect. It's, I would, uh, I would say, uh, uh, I mean, I would dare to say that, that it's, a, it's a systemic affect par excellence and that it's, uh, 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 it's, it's an affect that emerges out of a certain handling with difference. So where, where difference is embedded in uh, 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 or economized, you know, in this process of competition. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, I guess uh, uh, the difference between the left and the right uh, in the handling of resentment is that the right actually, you know, directs it outwards and the left address, uh, directs it inwards. Um, and yes, this is a failure of the, uh, of the left, I think, that, that, must be, uh, uh, that must be addressed. Of a, certain, uh, of a certain frustration that I have, uh, that I have you know, with this constant uh, uh, competition uh, going on uh, uh, among uh, people that consider themselves left and that is also a very disgustingly masculine logic. Yeah, uh, but that, that has been pathological for decades and decades. Yeah, yeah of course, and uh, of course one cannot expect that, uh, uh, that the left will uh, uh, pull itself out from uh, 
uh, one day to uh, to the other. But you know, there is a certain enjoyment also that that that, that is linked to linked to this, and this is. This is also why I find uh, I find Max Scheler, you know, a very atypical uh, reference for Lacanian or a self-professed Lacanian and and, and uh, Mar Marxist. Uh, but uh, he really saw it. He really saw that uh, uh, that uh, there is a link. I mean, that that uh, first of all, there is a link between liberalism and uh, uh, proliferation of resentment. Between the logic of competition and and uh, and uh, uh, generation of resentment, and that uh, resentment is a libidinal common. I mean, uh, a way of connecting uh, the feeling of deprivation and the production of what Lacan would precisely call surplus enjoyment. Uh, uh, so basically, yeah, it's a, it's an it's an overtly aggressive uh, uh, libidinal economy, mm. and what we are witnessing today, you know, in with, in the rise of uh, uh, right wing populism, I mean, which is still rising despite the fact that uh, 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 the prince of all populists has just been voted out of uh, uh, out of the office. But uh, the point is that. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, by the way, I think I think Trump is a point of no return. You know, I think that this is uh, that this is something that has transformed uh, uh, um, um, politics on a uh, on a global scale. Uh, and uh, those political commentators who uh, uh, who have already uh, um, expressed the thought that. The next one will be much more refined uh, and much harder to get rid of. Uh, uh, I think they are absolutely right. I think uh, you know there is a there is an, uh, a renewed enforcement of uh, uh, political obscenity and uh, and violence uh, that uh, uh, that has uh, that has been established. Uh, uh, and uh, we we will have uh, a major problem with this for 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 a while. Yeah, I think as well highlights that the there is an irreversible process with the way in which meaning is constituted now and language has been transformed through news the new forms of news feeds social media etc because obviously donald donald trump is a meme it's like more than a subject is is yeah stands for every single meme that uh, made certain sense for a political noting states being a lorry driver or a gamer in their bedrooms so there is no way back to a moment in time in which this is dismantled uh, so yeah, I, I mean i would say i would say even perhaps even more 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 fundamentally 
Trump is the name of an, or Trump as a political phenomenon and also as a persona, the way he functions, the way he speaks, it's the name of, of an affect. You know, basically, uh, whenever I hear the name Trump, I, I have to, you know, like think that, ah, this is, uh, this is basically, this is basically the exemplification uh, of uh, this anti-social affectivity that is systemically generated and that, that, that is indeed being accelerated uh, to drop the, <laughs> to drop the word at least uh, um, uh, in, uh, in, in the crisis moments. You said that, yeah, Trump embodies this antisocial behavior. And I was thinking about the role of, of Boris Johnson, you know, this guy that doesn't like decision making, doesn't like politics. He only enjoys this thing of being popular in an Eton school and being the mayor of London and so on. So to some extent, in a weird manner, for certain uh, British citizens, Johnson embodies a slightly different character. But I don't know if it is even more dangerous than Donald Trump for socialism. Mm. This sort of... It's difficult to express, but you can see the dimension of the mess now here. They get rid of Dominic Cummings, this sort of dark Sith figure a la um, David Bannon, but still the cabinet is like pure chaos. We can see a, 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 a no deal Brexit as a matter of fact. And it's like, how on earth? He won the elections like not, not a long time ago. Mm -hmm. uh, the Labour Party is, is a joke. Mm. The disengagement from the youth with left-wing politics is huge, is insane. I don't know if, if you can picture a like, first world society with, with few different, with few examples. I, I, I mean, for me, it's a shock, the disengage, disengagement with, with left-wing politics. So... I don't know, uh, because I don't know exactly if this the social fabric of the English youth has a particular resentment that I am not aware of, or what's going on. Because well, I mean, you know, from, from, from the European perspective, I mean, from the continental perspective, uh, uh, the, the, Brexit, uh, the Brexit vote was... Uh, you know, like, on the one hand, one could say an expression of irrationality. Uh, on the other hand, one could also say you know, demonstration of, you know, this uh, uh, never really uh, reflected uh, afterlife of uh, uh, nostalgia for, for the colonial grandeur. And uh, one could also, you know, find uh, find other interpretations. But I think the, the weakest one is the... <laughs> Is of course the one where where where, is, where where you wonder 
Oh, but how could people vote against their own interests? People vote against their own own interests all the time, <laughs> and, uh, and resentment uh, uh, explains yeah, or provides one at least small fragment of uh, of an explanation why why this is the case. You know, it's uh, it's it, it has been um, way more satisfactory, you know, to kind of uh, uh, gain this. Uh, 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 chauvinistic, uh, uh, um, aggressive, uh, nationalist, uh, surplus enjoyment, uh, yeah. and and you know this is where this is where uh, uh, people allow themselves to to be bribed, you know, bribed by some vulgar, cheap. Uh, moment of uh, of enjoyment, uh, and I'm not saying that you know we should affirm European Union or uh, you know unconditionally or that uh, um, you know they they, they should have uh, uh, just kept their mouth shut uh, 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 and stay in in the union. I am saying that they, they've been criticizing uh, uh, the Union for the wrong reasons. <laughs> uh, uh, then, you know, the British critique of, uh, of, of the EU, uh, I can't think of any, uh, of any element of criticism that I would, uh, that I would agree with, uh, because most of the critique has been populist, <laughs> uh, uh, spontaneously said. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, of course, at the same time, uh, uh, I, I mean, I remain myself split when it comes to uh, when it comes to the question of, of of European Union. I'm not one of those leftists that want to uh, throw the, the the thing uh, uh, out of the window and just saying, okay, this has been a neoliberal project all the time, and it can't be uh, other than neoliberal and so on and so forth. I mean. Well, I, I think, you know, it's quite symptomatic when the leftists uh, uh, articulate this critique uh, uh, to, uh, uh, of, uh, of the EU. And again, in spite of it being a neoliberal uh, institution, and I agree with this critique, uh, but uh, uh, I sometimes have to think that, uh, uh, that this, this you know, like just projection of this necessity into the EU is, uh, uh, you know, like that, that it cannot be uh, appropriated uh, and uh, uh, completely reformulated as a political project, becoming precisely non-neoliberal and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, non-Eurocentric. Uh, uh, you know, that just you know, automatically dismissing the possibility of the left to do something else uh, uh, out of the fact that there is a sort, a sort of uh, 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 transnational process going on on this continent, uh, uh, kind of exemplifies the, you know, also a certain uh, state in which the left uh, found itself in when, when it comes to uh, dealing or working on internationalism.
And again, you know, I'm not saying that, that the EU is a model of, uh, of uh, internationalism. Uh, it is, it, it is uh, uh, of course, a model uh, at present and has been in its entire history a model of a certain uh, uh, financial uh, internationalism, which is the only internationalism that, uh, that, that we know at, uh, at present. Uh, but, uh, I mean, just saying that uh, the only position of the left towards the EU uh, can and must be only its dismantling rather than its uh, 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 transformation into something else. Uh, uh, I, I don't, I, I cannot agree with that. Uh, You know, it's a sort of, uh, it's a sort of uh, uh, also uh, uh, implicitly saying, well, uh, you know, neoliberalism is a transcendental necessity. <laughs> Which, of course, neoliberalism wants to be. 